0: See, over the course of the year, I pray that you discover God's plan for your life for 2018 and beyond. And God's plan is better than your plan. You see, whatever you've planned for your finances, God's plan is better. Whatever you've planned for your future, God's plan is better. Listen, God's plan is better than your plan. Many of you have learned that from experience, haven't you? You ignored God's plan. You chased after your own plan, and you paid a high price. It cost you money, time, and relationships, and pain. And you learn from your mistake that to follow God's plan, not yours. You might be in the middle of that mistake right now. You have a plan for your life, but God has a plan for your life. But you see, there's another factor in the equation. There's another plan that exists, and that's that Satan has a plan for your life as well. Satan's plan is predictable, and really it's the same for every person. I want to tell you a story. For for some of you, it might be familiar. Others of you, you may have heard parts and bits and pieces of the story or the characters, but you've never really considered the lessons from it. We're going to slow down, and we're going to take a few weeks and learn together. The story is found in Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible, and it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He called light into being. He created seas and land. He created plants and animals and birds and fish. Now listen, I understand that there are disagreements about creation, right? Some people teach that plants, animals, and even people were created by accident, by some cosmic collision, right? Listen, that's a fascinating theory that the complexities of this world are formed by an accident. Now, it's not logical, but it's still fascinating. Try this. Go out in your backyard and get a bunch of stuff, you know, rocks, sticks, mud, anything you want, and I want you to put it in a bucket, right? Put a lid on it and shake it up, and then look in the bucket, right? You can do that as many times as you want. No matter how many times you do that, no matter how hard, how fast you shake it, that random stuff will never make anything. You have to form it and you have to shape it. Do you know that there are approximately 13 million motor accidents in America each year? And you know what? I've never seen this headline Semi crashes into SUV. The result? A Honda Civic. Right? It just doesn't happen. Someone has to make the civic. As simple as the civic is compared to this world, there's never been one that's been accidentally made. Now, before you dismiss me as narrow-minded and ignorant, I've read the arguments. Right? I understand that there's some scientific theories in favor of the Big Bang Theory or evolution. What I'd like to suggest to you is this. If faith is believing without seeing that it takes more faith to believe in creation by accident than it does to believe in creation by design. You see, God created the first man named Adam, and he placed him in the Garden of Eden. He filled it with trees and flowers and a river. The Garden of Eden was a perfect place, and one particular tree right in the middle of the garden is the setting for our story today. And God told Adam, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. You see, Adam had the whole world to himself, and he only had one rule, don't eat from the fruit of that tree, right? It's an amazing life, but even with all the animals and the beauty of nature, Adam was by himself, and God noticed that, and he said, it's not good for man to be alone alone. I will make a helper for him. And so God created a woman, Eve, so that Adam wouldn't be alone. And Adam and Eve had the whole planet to themselves. And remember, they had one rule, just one, not to eat of the the fruit of the tree of good and knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil. God had a marvelous plan for Adam and Eve and for this world. But you see, Satan had a plan too. His plan and approach then is the same plan and approach that he uses now. We pick up the story in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. And I'm going to just read the first three words and then pause right there. And it says, Now the serpent. See, Satan didn't come to Adam and Eve and say, Hey, good morning. I'm the guy that led the rebellion against God and got kicked out of heaven. Anybody hungry? No, instead, Satan came as a snake. You see, you read this story and you're biased, right? Because you know the bad guy in the story is a snake if you've heard this story before. Eve had no idea that this was Satan. To her, it was just another snake. It was just another animal. And apparently at that point in time, they hadn't learned to hate snakes yet. Right? And so if that happened the day and a snake slid up, before you'd say a word, you'd chop off its head. Right? And especially if that dadgum snake started to talk to you, you'd definitely chop off his head. Right? But you see, they didn't know that. Snakes weren't considered bad. Right? And you might picture... Satan as the comic book devil, right? You know, with with the horns and the long tail and the red jumpsuit. You know, with a pitchfork, right? Or the scary looking being that that lets you know that by his appearance that he's evil. But yet 2 Corinthians 11 warns that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. You see, Satan comes in disguise. Pretending to offer hope, love, and happiness. Right? There's no flashing neon sign that says, caution, Satan, sin. Right? You buy into the lies because you don't recognize Satan for who he is. Says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. The dictionary defines Crafty as skilled in or marked by underhandedness, deviousness, or deception. And that's Satan. He's skilled in devious deception. Part of what makes the devil such an that's part of what makes the devil such an effective liar. In fact, he's the best liar of all times. You see, Satan is smart. He knows how to manipulate. He knows your strengths and your weaknesses. He knows what you like and what you don't like. Listen, he's been doing this for thousands of years. So you see, Satan doesn't announce who he is or what he's planning. Think about it. If, if Satan was up front, no one would follow his plan. Right? You wouldn't even be remotely interested. You couldn't even call it a temptation because no one would even be tempted. Right? If you know the end result of sin, it's not really tempting, is it? Can you imagine if Satan was honest? Hey, take a look at this pornography. Right? When you do, you're going to be hooked for life. It's going to destroy your marriage. It'll cost you a great deal of money, it'll cause you great shame. Take a look and be hooked. Or if he said, Good morning, I'm Satan. I want to introduce you to drugs. They'll kill your brain. They'll destroy your life, your relationships, and your future. Your addiction will cause you to do things that you dreamed of. You'll go to prison. You'll end up hopeless and alone. Or, I'd like to introduce you to alcohol. By the time you're done, you'll be controlled by the bottle. You'll lose your job, your family, your hope, and your money all because of this bottle. Oh, come on. Won't you join me? Or... I'll show you how much money you'll have if you cheat on your taxes and you alter the books a little bit. Not only will you have more money, you'll also get guilt and shame. Right? You'll become a liar to cover your tracks and one day you'll owe the government a lot of money and you'll get to spend some time in prison. Listen, no one would go for that, would they? Satan knows he's trying to sell a losing deal, but he's smart, so he hides the end result. Listen, don't underestimate the enemy. Satan wants you to believe it's for your good, not for your destruction. Says the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, and let me just pause Adam and Eve lived in a perfect environment where there was no sin and no death. But Satan was still there throwing out his lies. If the devil attacked Adam and Eve who knew nothing about sin and evil, what do you think he'll do for us? We're exposed to all kinds of evil every day. You say, well, well, that was an attack, Pastor Jason. He was just talking to Eve. Listen, any time Satan speaks to you, it's an attack. Satan attacks in an attempt to get you to follow his plan for your life instead of God's. You see, Satan's attacks usually aren't big, spectacular events that you see coming. Instead, he's crafting, he waits patiently for the opportunity to strike a blow against you. So when are you the most vulnerable to the attacks of Satan? I've got a real easy acronym for you to remember. It's HALT. You see, it's when you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, or you're tired. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you're vulnerable, right? And if you're two or more of those things, you're even more vulnerable. So you've got to keep your guard up if you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, or you're tired. Listen, some people have bought into this lie that Satan isn't real, right? That he's a metaphor for evil that doesn't exist or or that he doesn't actively try to harm Christians. Listen, Satan is a real enemy. And he began the temptation of Eve by twisting the words of God. The serpent said to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Well, no, that's not what God said. What God said was you are free to eat from any tree of the garden. They had great freedom in the garden as Adam and Eve. They had just one restriction. Don't eat from that tree, the tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But you see, Satan didn't want Eve focused On the freedom she had he wanted her to focus on the restriction he wanted to take Eve's eyes off the goodness of God and to make her see one rule as proof that God wasn't as good as Adam and Eve thought you see Satan wants you to look at your restrictions and forget about the freedoms you have he wants you to doubt God and his goodness Why do singles decide to have sex before marriage and instead of looking at the privileges and joys that that God has given them, they focus on the restrictions, right? Why hasn't God sent that someone? Why should I have to wait to be happy? And so they begin to doubt God and so they move ahead and they attempt to fulfill their desire outside of his will, right? Why do people take financial shortcuts instead of following God's plan for their money, Instead of looking at the freedom, the 90% that they get to keep, they look at at what they see as a restriction, that 10% that belongs to God. And Satan tricks them into thinking, oh, that doesn't make sense that I can have more by giving to God. That can't be true. And they begin to doubt God, and they decide to follow Satan's lies and to live outside of God's plan. Listen, there will be moments that you doubt. Satan will have an effect. Human nature will take over. But listen, doubt isn't sin. Acting on the doubt is sin. Listen, it's okay to doubt. It's when you act on it. You see, and at this point of the story, Eve still hadn't sinned. And it says that the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. and You must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, said the serpent to the woman. And I imagine the serpent was like, this tree? You're worried about this tree? Hmm. Right? You're not going to die if you touch it. Look, I just, uh, I just touched it and I didn't die. Right? It's okay for you to eat, from this, to eat the fruit of this tree. You're not going to die. And, and so what Satan did is he called God a liar. And that's what Satan does. He wants you to decide that God's word cannot be trusted. That God's word isn't true. Listen, Satan lies to you about your money. Tithing doesn't make sense. You can't afford to obey God like that. If you tithe, you'll be broke. You don't have money to do that. You won't be able to afford to live. You need your money, right? Satan lies to you and says things like that whole no sex before marriage thing. That's so unreasonable. God wants you to be happy. Those rules were written thousands of years ago. Cultures change. Times have changed. And you love her. God doesn't expect you to wait. And Satan says, pornography won't hurt you. It's it's a harmless, victimless crime. Nobody will ever know. You see, Satan doesn't want you to follow God's plan for sexual purity. Satan says, you don't have to go to church. You can do this on your own. You don't need other Christians. Look at all the bad things that preachers have done. Right? Stay home. You'll be fine. You can make it. And he lies to you. He wants you to believe the lie and to miss God's plan and miss community with other believers. And Satan says, Well, God won't forgive you. You've done too much. You've gone too far. God won't accept and forgive someone like you. You see, he wants you to doubt God's forgiveness and believe the lie that God can't use you. There's no way that he's got a plan for you. Look at you. You're a wreck. You're a mess. You're a loser. Satan doesn't want you to believe that God has a plan for your life and a place for you in ministry. Are you getting it? Satan deceives. He's a liar. We have God's word in written form, and any thought that comes into your mind, anything that's said to you that disagrees with the Bible is a lie from Satan. Jesus describes Satan in John 8, 44, and he says, He is a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. In other words, his language is lies, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan lied to Eve. He said, if you eat the fruit, you won't die. It's good stuff. You can even eat the seeds. Right, You don't want to miss this. It's wonderful. You'll have fun. You'll be fulfilled. You'll love it. And in fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan took it a step further. And he said, you'll be like God. I think this Red Bull commercial is a perfect example of how Satan works. Watch this. you say yourself. I mean, I want to do all those things, right? It looks incredible, doesn't it? But, but really, you see, commercials like that appeal to something that's in every heart. The desire to be something that you can never be without paying the price. You see, you don't need years of practice to do that. You just need to drink a Red Bull, right? Let me tell you, no matter how many Red Bulls I drink, I won't be able to do any of that stuff. Right? Red Bull won't give me wings. It's just going to make me nervous and jittery. See, that's the part of Eve's heart that the devil appealed to. He said, you can be like God. It was such a great offer. All you have to do to be like God is to eat this fruit. And that's what Satan does. He offers something for nothing. You can do this. No consequences, no price. No one will ever know. And, and what they don't know can't hurt you. You can handle it. Other people may not be able to, but you can. You can do it in moderation. It won't affect you. Come on, no harm, no foul. It's just once. After all, God wants you to be happy, right? And you fall for it. And you really believe that you can have what you want with no consequences. It's free. It's good. I'm getting away with it. No one knows. And it's not hurting me. Listen, I've heard it so, in so many different forms. I'll never forget the student that listened to horrible music that was filled with, with profanity and sexual violence. And she actually said to me, I just like the beat. I don't listen to the words. I mean, the, the music might affect other people, but it doesn't affect me. You see, that's what Satan does. He lies to you and he offers you something for nothing. Live for the moment. Get it while you can. Live life to the fullest. Go for it. You deserve the best. It won't cost you anything. Really trust me. It's good. And that lie worked with Eve. Said that when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together, and they made coverings for themselves. And I've got a question. Where was Satan? Where did he go? Why wasn't he there making them feel better? Why isn't he helping Adam and Eve deal with the guilt and the shame? You see, you give in to the lie and believe that you can have something for nothing. And then when the rug is pulled out from under you, Satan leaves you all by yourself to face your consequences alone. And one day you realize that pornography has taken over your life. It wasn't supposed to hurt, but now you're hopelessly addicted. You realize that you're an alcoholic. You never planned on that. It wasn't supposed to happen to you. Sexually transmitted diseases that lie about sex before marriage didn't include this, right? Your marriage has fallen apart. This wasn't supposed to be part of the deal. Your finances are in ruins. Keeping for yourself was supposed to give you more, not destroy you. You see, Satan abandons you and then leaves you alone with the consequences. Which leads to the classic excuse the devil made me do it. No, you chose it. You were attacked by Satan, a lying enemy who comes in disguise and makes you doubt God, promises you something for nothing, and then abandons you. And just like Adam and Eve at the tree, you made a choice that has consequences. It's then that you realize Satan's ultimate plan for your life. He wants to own you. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. You see, God created Adam and Eve for relationship with him. God wanted to walk and to talk with them. He wanted them to learn to love each other and to learn to serve him. You see, God created Adam and Eve to live in perfect harmony with each other and with him, not to be separated and independent. But Satan's plan? Completely different. He was willing to do anything and everything to mess up the perfect union between God and man. You see, Satan's plan for Adam and Eve is the same as Satan's plan for you. Satan wants to separate you from God. That's what he did to Adam and Eve, so much so that they hid from God. Can you imagine the horror of that moment? Watch this video.
1: Temptation peaks curiosity. A thought forms, transforms into action. A bite. Just... A bite just a look a click a hit a drink a kiss a lie and then as the flavor of the fruit fades realization falls like iron gates around their hearts awareness grows billows up something missing something wrong separation sin the noose is up, it was bait and switch, deception, captivity, panic, scrambled to cover it up, no one will know, and then a voice, no, his voice, the voice that once thrilled them, that once bid them, now fills them with dread, laying bare their shame. Adam and Eve, who have walked, who have talked, who have seen the face of God, who have heard his heart feel the terror of being untethered, flung out adrift. As his voice rings out over the cool stillness of the garden, their hearts pound with the first pangs of separation.
0: God created you for a loving relationship with him. And just like Adam and Eve, Satan wants to separate you from that relationship through sin. Listen, understand, Satan's plan for your life is not to make you happy. His plan for you is not to find freedom. His plan for you is not to be forgiven and fulfilled. His plan has one focus, and that's for you to be separated from God. And for some of you, Satan's been successful. His plan for your life has worked. You're separated from God. Your sin has cost you so much. How did that happen? How did you get to this point? It wasn't your plan, and it certainly wasn't God's plan. It was Satan's plan. I've got some good news for you. In spite of everything that has happened, God still has a plan for you. He still loves you. And he's still waiting to forgive you. And it's never too late to turn your back on Satan's plan and to follow God's plan. You see, you can choose. It's up to you. You can choose to follow Satan's plan or you can walk away from his plan and accept God's plan for your life. You can change directions. Listen, you really can. Now, can, can, can you erase every consequence? No. I can't promise you that. I can't. There's painful consequences for the decisions. But you can change direction. God loves you and has a plan for you. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I want to pray for you. See, the greatest price of sin is separation from God. From the outside looking in, someone may look at you and say, well, everything is good. They've got it going on. Everything is good in their life. Things are going well. But you know. You know the pain of separation. And I want to pray for you. If you've fallen for Satan's lies in one of the areas of your life, It affects every area of your life. It may just be this one area that you've compartmentalized or maybe you've fallen for his lies completely. I want to pray for you. If that's you and you'd say, Pastor Jason, I've fallen for Satan's lies and I've been caught up in the plan of separation instead of God's plan of relationship, pray for me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray for you. You say, well, I'm nervous. Don't be. Listen, I'm just going to pray for you right where you are. But would you do this for me? I promise I won't embarrass you. I want to pray for you. But if you raise your hand, will you stand up right where you are? Maybe if you didn't raise your hand and, and you know you should have, just stand right where you are. Listen, it's okay because we've been there before. Matter of fact, every single person in this room has been there. Listen, if somebody is standing near you, would you stand with them? Listen, you don't have to tell that person your sin or your choice, okay? That's not it. This is not a gossip moment. We would be foolish to gossip about your decision when we've made the same ones we'd just be poking fun at ourselves instead I want you to feel the love of God's people that helps lead you back to his love and the people standing with you are going to pray with you and they're going to pray that the decision to turn your back on Satan's plan and to follow God's plan will result in God's presence and blessing in your life I'm going to pray the same thing. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that even when we've gone the wrong direction and we believe Satan's lies and we've fallen for his deception, that you still have a plan for our lives. Lord, I pray for these who are feeling the pain of separation, knowing that they've fallen for Satan's lies. The greatest consequence is separation from you. So today we come to you humbly, openly, and honestly and say, Lord, we don't want to live that way anymore. Lord, we need you and we need to feel that closeness with you and that connection with you. We don't want to be separated anymore. Forgive us, God. Forgive us for foolishly following for Satan's lies. Forgive us for following his plan instead of your plan. And now, God, we pray that you would help us cut off the head of the serpent that's been destroying our lives and to not fall for his deception and lies anymore. God, today we commit ourselves to turn our back on that and to follow you and to follow your plan. God, we thank you that even after Adam and Eve had sinned, you still came looking for them and you still come looking for us. So we ask your forgiveness right now. And Lord, we ask for the strength and the wisdom to recognize Satan's lies, to not fall for it anymore, to walk forward in your plan instead of the plan of separation, that we can feel again the joy of connection, of knowing that we are in a right relationship with you and loved by you. God, we are grateful to you. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you have a plan for every single one of us and help us to follow that plan in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name.